It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Whoop, 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 whoop up in the place. Do I have a? I don't really have a song for this week. Uh, maybe like I'm a baby girl. This is fact, not fiction. Look at me with all of this diction. Yeah, causing lots of friction on the internet. Why? Iction. Sorry, couldn't think of anything to rhyme, but ended with it. So just, just say iction. Like just, just say it. Because what? What can you do to me? I'm just living my life, you know? Hi! Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as Keke. That's right. Suck your mum. Woo! And do we have a lot of straws to hand out this week? Well, not an abundance. I mean, there are some people that could get straws that haven't been given straws. And, you know, just... There's so much juice that needs to be, you know, inhaled by a lot of people. But um, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. So what has been happening this week? Well, notably, I'm back on social media. I actually came back today, kind of. Well, kind of like yesterday when I was posting about Supermalt because I was doing some bits with Supermalt. Um but actually, yeah, I would say like today, came back on Twitter and stuff. Didn't make a big hoo-ha about it. Just came back. And it was interesting. While I was away, you know, like I was saying last week, I really had that space and that time to think about people and energies that I just wanted to be rid of so it, I could I could just breathe more freely. Um, there are some people in life, I think, that they feel like, you know, like you've got some underwear that it's not attractive. Like you wouldn't really wear this underwear in front of other people and they don't particularly feel comfortable really, but you just have them there because I don't know, there's nostalgia attached to this particular underwear. Maybe it's one piece of little piece of lingerie or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, you have it there. Um, but it's not serving you. Like you, you don't actually have much use for it, but you keep it there. This is what some people are like. And I think that it's just great to kind of just get rid of them. So I ended up blocking a few people. I ended up blocking a few people. One of them specifically uh, was someone from secondary school. And this person, you know, like when you've been in and around of each other's lives for, for years, but there's just this strong energy around her, like someone that doesn't like me. Like she's always so quick to tell me about, oh, do you know such and such doesn't like you? Do you know such and such was like, rah, you hang around with Kalechi. Oh yeah, from secondary school. Wow, is she like this? And is she like that? Why are you so quick to want to tell me about the people that do not like me? Like what do you gain from letting me know these things? And like I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I really feel like some of you need to find healing because you're so wounded. You're so quick to want to take um, news to people when it's bad news. Like you, you genuinely look forward to it. And I don't understand who failed you. I don't understand what nutrients wasn't in your mother's breast milk to cause you to be so sour like this. So yeah, I was just thinking about it. And 
I was meditating and it just came to me. It's not like the person had done anything particularly that in that that day or time, but I was meditating over it and I just thought, no, like I just want all the higgy hagar gone. And I, I haven't even finished the process. It's a gradual process and it'll, more will come to light in the coming weeks. But I just had to do that because I just thought, what is the point? What is the point of having someone on all my social media channels, seeing all of the things that I'm striving to do, yet not ever wishing me well? Why? And I know you're not wishing me well because all of the people that I might not be speaking to are falling out with, you are kikikiing and ha 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 and guffawing with them everywhere. So that to me is just not healthy. And I'm sorry, this might be controversial, but I'm not one of those people that believe really in impartiality with certain things. Like if you know someone has done me a major wrong and you're telling me, oh, I'm just impartial, like I'm still following them on social media because they haven't done anything to me personally. So what do you need for them to do to you personally? You've seen the things that they're doing to me and you still choose to follow them. Like this is why some people, I don't really take them that seriously. I'm very... I would say crafty in how I navigate friendships in that like there are certain people that I won't cut off point blank period, but I've noted things about them because of how they move when I've been in certain situations. Like if you've seen someone blatantly disrespecting me and you're talking to me about, oh, but you know, there are two sides and rare, 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 rare. And I don't see these two sides. I'm really sorry because it's not even a case of it being biased. It's very, very clear that these people are being incredibly disrespectful. If I know that someone's been incredibly disrespectful to my friend, I'm unfollowing, I'm blocking, I'm moving the fuck on. You telling me stories about, oh, impartiality, especially when you didn't know them before you before I introduced you to them. So why, why are you still there? Why are you still there? What are they doing for you? So you'll come, you'll chat bad about them with me, but then you'll still continue to follow them and like their pictures. To me, that's an illness. Like there's something wrong with you emotionally for you to think that that, kind that kind of thing can run so with regards to the school person I just thought nah like you're you're laughing with people very happy to see them chat shit about me but you'll jump in my dms and this is the audacious part of it you guys will jump in my dms after chatting shit to ask me for a favor oh Kalechi can you promote my family's business oh Kalechi can you do this why look at you how can you be insulting the food that you're eating only a mad person will do that that insulting the food that's giving you nutrients like you're chatting shit but still asking me for favors because you still see value in me even though you're telling other people that you don't that you're not all right you're not all right and if that spirit is dealing with any of you lot get rid of it because it's it's really really dangerous and so over the past few weeks over the past few months I've been having some major life bits changes and transitions and stuff that I'll be going into over the next few weeks but I've been very careful about who I've spoken about those transitions to almost nobody outside of my family because I just don't feel like people deserve to know my personal, my personal, personal things when I can't trust them. Like you, because you're sitting on the fence and you're going to end up getting splinters. I don't play that shit. Sorry. So yeah, blocking galore while I was off social media, I was just going back on and being like, oh, I haven't blocked this person. Let me go back and block them. So it was a blocking spree and I feel better for it, especially since all of the tarot cards that I was dealing with um, and the tarot readers that I was dealing with were like, yeah, every message that they were giving to the collective was just like, yeah, get rid of people that are no longer serving you. People are talking a lot of shit right now, Libra. Libra, they're talking a lot of shit and you want to retaliate, but just understand it. Just stay silent. Don't don't go in there. Don't go and be wild. Just let it go. 
And so that's what I was doing. I didn't retaliate. I didn't give any retorts to anyone. I just stayed quiet and just quietly blocked away. And that's my going to be the, the mood that I use for the rest of the next few months, just quietly blocking away and minding my business because I insist. I, in fact, I demand of the universe that I am successful and happy and I will cut off whomever I need to cut off to make that a reality. It is what it is, baby boys and baby girls. Anyway, this ranting person that just jumped into your eardrums is actually me Kelechi Okafor because I didn't introduce myself so hi it is me in the place to be that was a new note came to me really inspired but yeah um so I'm going to actually jump into tarot. I'm going to jump into tarot, but I've got something special for you guys this week. So um, in my time off, I was doing some more work, you know, um, in the intuitive realm and really trying to up my viva when it comes to, you know, tarot and learning more. So I got some new, a, a new deck of Oracle cards. So they're not, tar- they're not the tarot deck. They're Oracle cards that complement the tarot deck if you want to use it in that way. And the ones I got were, um, I got two actually, the mother piece, but I didn't bring them today because I haven't started using them properly yet. I got the black angel cards, black angel cards by Zenju Earthlin Manuel. It's the, they're 36 Oracle cards and messages for divining your life. Now, the reason I love these cards is because they are for black women. They're for women generally, but they're for black women specifically. And they're created by a black woman. And my God, are they beautiful? They are so bloody beautiful. Ah, oh, the size of them, they're massive. I wish I could show you how big they are. They're really, really big. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see the size of them. They're proper big. Um, and I love them so much. So I asked um, the tarot what, you know, I was, I was meditating with them, really trying to get used to them and understand, you know, the energies around it and how it would work for me. And so I said to the cards, um, you know, to the spirit guides, what card most represents me at this moment in time and I got the mother wit so this won't be new to um my patrons on patreon this information is not new to them because I gave them a reading on Sunday and that was really really fun I really enjoyed myself and it felt really nice to do that um, so I've been playing with this card, uh, these cards for like a week now. And so a few people on Patreon um, messaged me and they said, wow, that resonated with me so much. Like, thank you, because I just saw the power of them. So, yeah, like I said to you, I got the mother wit. So what I'm going to do is tell you about the new structure. So with these Oracle cards, like I said, there are 36 of them. I'm only recording this podcast up till December, then I'm moving on with my life. And so we actually have enough cards to get us through to December and even um, one for the live show, because I will be doing a live show at the, I want to say middle of summer. So um, we've got enough cards to get us through then. So I'll pick a card, an oracle card that represents a, a specific kind of uh, personality archetype and then use the um, rider weight deck you know my traditional ones that I've been bringing in I'll use that to kind of give the message that relates to this particular personality type for this moment in time when they're hearing it you'll find though that probably you'll hear it and you'll feel like a few of them 
relate to you, but that's fine because we're expansive and we're divine beings. And that's the whole point of being on this earth. So you just because you related to one doesn't mean you can't relate to another. So anyway, listen to this. So I picked the mother wit and this is what it said about the mother wit card. It says um, in your waking path. So basically these cards talk about your waking path and your sleeping path. Like basically your waking path, when you are lit, when you are your best self, when you are resonating at your highest vibration, um, when you're vibrating at your highest frequency, like you are this, but when you're not, when you're slack, when you're not quite there, where you're subdued, when you're sleeping, basically spiritually, you are this. So in my waking path as the mother wit, I am perceptive. In my sleeping path, I am repressed and I'm subdued. So it says the mother wit represents truth. You have a consciousness that is expressed in few words, but words that are clear, exact, truthful, and powerful. Your wit seems to come from nowhere when in fact it is of an ancestral nature. Do you find yourself stumbling into a mess with quick words? Wit is an old indigenous voice of power that is sharp, clear and perceptive of life. The quick, sharp way of speaking can be seen in as indignation or anger. As a result, many of us have been taught to not use the ancient skill of wit and therefore it has been rooted out of our way of being. This censoring of such an innate ability can be damaging to the expression of spirit. Still, today speaking in such a manner is misunderstood, causing mother wit to be punished or ostracized at times. At the same time, people wish that they could say as clear and spirited as you say things as clear as spirit and spirited as you say them, not realizing that you were born with this ability. You have rare perception and profound innate intelligence. You are on it or to the point. When you are in your waking path, you do not fear saying the wrong things. Bringing meaning and consciousness to, to life is the key to who you are. On the sleeping path, you are seen as sarcastic at times. This sarcasm can cause a great divide between you and others. Others do not know whether to laugh, thank you, or be angry with you. Your wit is both your saving grace and your lack of grace. Sometimes the response you get from others is so intensely negative that you move towards silence. In silence, your soul walks the sleeping path because it's not able to be expressive and alive. When you find yourself silenced or repressed, your wit and power disappear. Mother wits can sometimes be seen seen as sassy, especially for young girls, when in fact you have an intelligence that is ancient and favourable in many indigenous societies. Watch for being self-righteous. A reflective silence practiced daily will help sweeten your voice as you'll begin to as you'll begin speaking from that meditative silence, adding tenderness and love to your words can ease the sting often associated with wit. This can also open up a path of communication for that uh, for you that feels authentic. Watch for the fear in your expressions. What are you trying to control in communicating with others? Speak softly so that the burden you and others does not fly away from fear, but rather takes flight for having been freed from the fear and the wisdom you share. Remember, you also bring humor with your wit. However, be cautious of reducing your gift of wit to mere entertainment. You can be effective by surfacing sensitive truths about life. Wit can serve as a short, direct line to unhearing complex emotions. Allow your mother wit energy to help you reconnect with your heart. You may need to first recover from feelings that it's not okay to use wit above all, honor your wit as sacred medicine. Yo. I read that in my bedroom and I cried because this was my time off and I was still smarting from the fact that I'd just been at my mum's and I was saying to her, 
you know, look at me. Aren't I amazing? I've stayed off the internet for quite a bit of April. You know, I'm not arguing with anyone. People have been doing some fuck shit even at my studio. I've just kept shit moving. I'm trying to just, you know, be cute. And my mum was like, no, you're not being cute. You're running. I said, fam, who's running? You know, when you say fam to your mum and you remember who the fuck you're talking to before you get slapped up. I was like, fam, I mean, mother. Wow, mummy, sorry. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, ma. Who are you talking to? I'm not scared of nobody. I'm not scared. I'm out in these streets. What? What? But I was, it was bravado because somewhere in me, I knew that what she was saying had touched something in that, there was a break that I was taking because I just needed to refuel. But then there was the break that I was taking because I was just like, what is the fucking point? What is the fucking point of saying things all of the time to have ashy motherfuckers who don't even wash, don't scrub the back of their fucking necks coming to tell you shit. You motherfuckers don't even scrape your tongue when you're brushing your teeth, but you'll come and open your long throat to come and tell me about I'm a man hater and I, and I do this or I hate white people and I do this. So what's the point? Let me just keep quiet. And then, Coming home from my mum's and then reading this, it summed it up like I've, I've said it on the podcast before that when I'm not saying the things that I truly, truly feel, it's, it feels like I'm not alive. It feels like what is the point? Because ultimately to me, speaking my truth is as normal to me as breathing, you know? So reading that, I just thanked Every guide that was around me, I thanked my dad, I thanked my ancestors for that card being the one that came up for me because it spoke to me. And I was just like, yo, these Oracle cards are the truth. I can work with that because the lesson was clear. The lesson was clear. It wasn't sugarcoated for me like, oh, you're a goddess queen. Wow. Woo. Woohoo. No, it was just like, babes, this is what it is. So I really, really appreciated that. Um, So that was what it was for me. Um, and I learned from it. So I just thought you, even Leona Nicole Black, she'd said similar when she was talking about um, the tarot. Um, and she was saying, you know, for Libra, you've gone into this sort of Virgo type energy. You've gone into this Beyonce type energy where Beyonce is very private. She goes into herself to create and then she comes back when the time is right. And that feels like what you're doing. But the danger is if you go into that rabbit hole, as Leona Nicole Black put it, you might not come out because you'll just be busy thinking, wow, there's so much wonder in all of these things. Let me just stay here and do this. So you don't return to the things that you're meant to do. It's for a short while. You've got to come back eventually because, you know, th there's work to be done. So that's why I came back and I'm getting on with things and I'm glad to be back. And also thank you to every single person that sent me a message while I was not on social media to just say, I hope you're well and resting. And it's just so thoughtful and so kind. And I appreciate every single one of you and may God bless you abundantly for that kindness and for just checking in on someone like you don't, some of you don't even naturally know me personally, but you did that. So I appreciate you and God bless you all. So anyway, let me be quick then and move on to your bit. Cause I had to do that introduction for the Oracle cards, but um, I'll be quicker in the future. So anyway, the card that I pulled for somebody this week is the grandmother card. 
So the grandmother card, you know, usually I describe the tarot deck to you. The grandmother card is just very beautiful. There's yellows, greens, and some nice like a um, mauve. And um, she's the grandmother's holding a child. So you were you're, someone, one of you or some of you, you're channeling the grandmother energy. So I'll quickly read to you what the grandmother energy is. Then I'll tell you what the Rider Waite deck says about it or what you should be focusing on at this moment. So the grandmother you use insight and wisdom to activate life. On your waking path, you are guiding wisdom. On your sleeping path, you are withholding wisdom. With grandmother energy, you hold the wisdom of generations. Grandmother, you bring a sense of balance to us with your wisdom. On your waking path, you are so wise that people say you're an old soul. You have some good sense. People rely on you for your wisdom. Your love and warmth come from your experience of having lived through difficult times. You have the ability to hold the soft and hard parts of everyone. You are almighty in your wise course of actions in life because you take your time. You rarely make mistakes. Your inner sight creates your calmness and your forthrightness. Your deep understanding and sound judgment makes you the sage that you are. They feel that you have inside information and you won't tell. You can also be seen as severe and difficult, but your deep understanding draws them to you because they can learn some important lessons about themselves. With your wisdom, you help people develop their sensibilities and hold on to their sanity. At the same time, when on the sleeping path, others can perceive you as shrewd, crafty, secretive, and maybe mischievous. Um, you may be using your sound judgment in such a critical way that it works against you. You may be misusing your ability to persuade, causing you to appear opinionated. Your critical nature sometimes keeps you outside the family or community. As you drift along the sleeping path, you can feel as if you're being ignored. And this creates a fear of being erased from the hearts of others. You may even add to this feeling of abandonment by disappearing emotionally and or physically. You may feel as though you are suffering from some mistakes in your judgment, even though you are simply trying to help people. Your critical nature can be an expression of your anger at how others see you or your fear of being seen as difficult. Although you know yourself to be warm, giving and wonderful, you still might find yourself in a vicious cycle of judging others and having them judge you as insensitive. You really don't want to fulfill the stereotype of the difficult personality. So you may close off and go into perpetual soul sleeping by withholding your wisdom. Withholding your wisdom will only increase the chances of your own disappearance. Your wise abilities can be used to help you remain in your sagehood. Being critical is an old child rearing practice our mothers used for discipline. It is a long tradition deriving from old ways that brutally forced conformity, such as slavery or involuntary servitude. There is no need to tame each other in our relationships. Instead, our energy should, can be used in creating environments in which tenderness is nurtured and not beaten down for the sake of toughening up. Grandmother, when you deliver your messages of wisdom, when it is wanted, you will find yourself more valued and more appreciated. Wait to see if someone is asking for your guidance. Trust that everything that comes to mind does not need to be spoken. At the same time, honor your awareness of the wisdom in your bones as a rare gem of life. So whoever that's relating to, you know, you're a beautiful person, but I'll sometimes wait for people to ask you for the fucking advice. Um, so when I pulled cards, it's funny because I pulled these cards first and I was like, nah, I just want one card. What are you doing? Why are three cards flipping out? I'm not a three cards kind of baby girl. So I said, no, I want one card because death card came out. The page of swords came out and the six of cups came out. 
So I was like, oh gosh, I just want one card. So I put the deck back together. And if you think I'm dealing with 78 cards, I put the deck back together, shuffled it, shuffled it, shuffled it. The death card flew back out, but this time it flew out in reverse because it was just like, oh, since you want one card, I can still make all the noise that I want to make and I can make it with one fucking card. So don't try me, bitch. So um, people are often scared of the death card they feel like, oh my God, it means literal death. And rarely does it mean literal death. It really doesn't. Death card is just reminding us of an aspect of life that things are always ending and things are always beginning. And you need to understand that. We all need to understand that. So for the grandmother energy, like I feel like this is speaking for you specifically, but all of us can take a lesson from this. So the death card came out in reverse, which is usually speaking to the fact that there is an ending that you are fighting. You know that something is ended, whether it's at work or whether it's a relationship or wherever or maybe where you're living that your housing situation whatever it is something has ended and you know it's ended but you don't want to let go of it and we know you don't want to let go of it because you're you got the page of swords in reverse so where you could be using the energy of the page of swords that's wistful and is taking action and is doing wonderful wonderful things to to further their life and their career you got it in reverse because you're using that energy the wrong fucking way like you're busy using the energy to fight a change that is inevitable the fact of the matter is the ending is going to come whether you like it or not so why don't you just make it easier on yourself who why are you running hey hey why are you running yeah and that's literally it why are you expending energy to fight something that's going to happen anyway and you know it's it's happened it's happened it's done but the reason you're fighting it it's because boom, when you look at the page of swords, it's upside down. And when it's upside down, it's looking directly at the six of cups. It's looking at the six of cups and the six of cups always says to me, nostalgia, childhood or a past relationship. So you're not wanting to face the fact that this thing has ended because you're thinking of the past when it used to be good, when things were great, when it used to feel nice. And, and, you know, okay, there have been wonderful days but if something is done let it die a death of integrity let it end with integrity why try to force it to last longer than it can it's inhumane and it's not great for you it's not it's not emotionally healthy to do that and so you can see when I try and hold the cards together but I I struggle with this a lot you can see that the page of swords is looking away from the death card. It's looking away from the ending because it's not ready to face the ending. And it's literally looking at the six of cups. It's looking at back in the day when enjoyment was there, when the love was there, maybe when you enjoyed your job or when, when you and your boo were having great times, but you need to stop looking that way and look and use your energy to address the fact that the death card has arrived. Like it's, it's here. The ending is here. And nobody's saying that it isn't going to be painful. Nobody said that. Like, even if you're in a miserable job or a job that's now miserable, no one's saying that you're not going to miss having that job, but you know, that it's for the, it's for your own good. It's for the good of everyone. Maybe in fact, you know, so that's the tarot reading for, especially for the person that's got the grandmother energy or the people that have the grandmother energy that was for you. Anyway, moving on. I hope you enjoyed that because that's what I'm going to be doing from now on. And I'll probably do another one for the patrons on Sunday or I'll, um, or I'll elaborate on this one. So, um, 
Moving on then, moving on to share your magnificence. My magnificence this week goes out to um, Oluwa Tobilola Amusa. She is the first Nigerian to win 100 meter hurdles at the um, Commonwealth Games. And I'm so excited for her because she's proper paying like she's proper buff like I love athletes like their bodies their dedication everything like I think they're amazing so yeah she won the 100 meter hurdles and she's the first Nigerian to win it at the Commonwealth Games and it makes me really proud when Nigerians are out here doing bits I'm like you got you see that you see that guys like we're excellent we're truly excellent and we're really out here doing bits and we're doing the bits that you didn't think that we could do with lack of funding and a and a higgy haga infrastructure in our country so Oluwatobilola God is truly great in your life well done for what you have done we're really really proud of you and my next share your magnificence goes out to a white man whom I have adored for many years. I feel like I have loved him since I was nine years old. Arsene Wenger has today finally decided to resign as the manager of Arsenal. And I'm filled with mixed emotions because I've been wanting him gone for a while. And now when you finally hear it, it's hard because what you think about the old days and that's what these cards are saying we knew that the ending was inevitable but we were fighting it we were fighting it and I think that maybe you know what maybe Arsene Wenger is the grandmother energy because he knew that this ending was coming yet he kept fighting it he the ending that was inevitable your age mates have gone Alex Ferguson has gone you you want to remain there and chalk your head there for what I feel like your glory days your best days are actually past so just go on and do new things so he was fighting that energy that death energy in the career being at Arsenal eventually he turned his page of swords upright and he empowered himself and he said you know what I'm gonna bounce because actually I'm looking wild out in these streets and I don't want to look wild any longer so I respect you and honestly speaking like Arsenal and and you know the era where we had Vieira and we had um Henri and we had Bergkamp you know those were some of my favorite times you know um it was, yeah, honestly, some of my favourite times watching football as a child. I'd It got to the point where I don't even say to people I'm an Arsenal supporter anymore because it's just stress, you know? I can't come and die. You know, I can't come and kill myself because I'm supporting one team that doesn't want to behave. Um, so, you know, no, from one real G to another, like Arsene, well done for all of the, the commitment and dedication that you put into a club like in these days when football has become a business and the turnover the turnaround for um managers is so swift you stayed and you were you were committed in your quest to make a team and to and to change the way that football is played and so salute like I appreciate you you never brought any drama to my life you never said anything wild and just well done well done Mr Wenger I appreciate you go forth and prosper find yourself a sugar baby, live your best life. Thanks. So that's my magnificence done. Let's swiftly move on to So You Mad. So You Mad. So You Mad. So my So You Mad, let's start with, um, I was going to give them straw of the week, um, but I'm saving the straw of the week for something more important. It was going to go to Starbucks. So as you, I imagine you all know, Starbucks, um, and it's Starbucks manager, store manager um, in Philadelphia called the police on two black men um, 
for trespassing because they were in a, in that Starbucks store um, and they hadn't ordered anything, but they were waiting for a friend. So this motherfucker decided to call the police and the police arrived and the police, obviously, because they lack common sense, Instead of going, wow, that's wild. We're not arresting these people based on what you have said. No, the police fully put handcuffs on these men and took them away. And the it's like the, the wildness never stops. Caucasity never ceases. I have seen zero days in my li- time of being alive where caucasity has rested. Even God rested on the seven days, um, on the seventh day. But you caucasious people, you have refused to rest. You caucasious people refuse to go and rest because every time you must do something extremely, extremely wild. Um, Starbucks issued an apology, but you know, it's one of those non-apologies. And they said... Um, we apologize to the two individuals and our customers and are disappoint um we apologize to the two individuals and our customers and are disappointed this led to an arrest we take these matters seriously and clearly have more work to do when it comes to how we handle incident- incidents in our stores we are reviewing our policies and will continue to engage with the community and the police department to try to ensure these types of situations never happen in any of our stores so i know that after writing this stupid apology, um, Starbucks then went on to have um, a day or two days or something where they were closed to do some racial sensitivity workshops so their staff know how to be racially sensitive to other people. What, it, it's crazy to me that you're having to teach people in 2018 how to not be racist, how to not work on deep-rooted racial bias. But you know, at least they're doing something. At least they try to be active about it. And I know that the CEO of Starbucks actually met with the two black men to apologize to them and to find out how they could better not fuck up in the future, I guess. But it's really disgusting the casual ways that black people are treated. Like I say this all the time about Peckham. Starbucks is for everyone. I see white people sitting in there being whatless all of the time. Asian people sitting in there being whatless all of the time. But you see two black men there and it's like, whoa, whoa, 911, got to call them because, you know, they're trespassing. Trespassing, did they climb over the wall or did they go under a tunnel to get into this? Or did they not just open the door? You're mad, you're fucking mad. And whoever that store manager is, they said that, oh, they've been fired from the store or they've been removed from the store. But have you fired them from the company? I want them gone from the company and I want them fired. I don't want it to be a mutual agreement. I want their clerk fired. I want it written that they that they got fired. But ready the case because, you know, it is what it is. And it's just nasty the innate criminalization of black men black men can't just drink oh in this case they hadn't even bought drink yet because they were waiting for their friends but black men can't just exist they can't just mind their business someone's got to be like oh no i'm sensing criminal activities i'm I'm getting bluetooth connection i just i feel mm, uh, i feel like they're gonna commit a crime what by just breathing and being black it's it's so terrible it's actually wild so, um, yeah, I, it just makes me really sad to know that that, that is happening and it's tiring. It's, it's truly tiring that people are still having to deal with this sort of thing. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad that, you know, they had more sense and they were just like, yeah, you know, we're gonna, 
we're gonna have a we're gonna have a teacher training day. We're gonna really try and work on this. We're really gonna try and sort something out, or we're not teacher training day. We're gonna have a staff training day. Really try to work on um, on this. Really try to sort something out. But what I was gonna say is that I, I noticed this sort of things in Peckham. You know, somewhere like Peckham, I go to Frank's bar, or I go to like Peckham refreshment rooms. I go to places that you've you bitches have planted on my turf as far as I'm concerned I'm the one that lived in Peckham when Peckham wasn't attractive when you guys would make jokes like Peckham was the butt of all of your motherfucking jokes now all of a sudden it's got all this fancy shit then I show up as a black person and you're looking at me crazy you're looking at me wild but I'm still in my area you're the one that I don't recognize Real recognize real and you're looking mighty unfamiliar because this is these are not your ends these are not your ends. So who are you looking at all, all, all sideways? And even outside of Peckham, you've got the disposable income to want to go to some places because, you know, you too want to pay for some overpriced Vietnamese food. You know, you too want to pay for some maybe jerk chicken made by white men that, that you have no business being there. But you, maybe you too want to take part in these things. But then you get there to give them your money and they're looking at you like, oh, what are you... what? what are you doing here? Like, who did you come with? Like, do you know any white people? Like, uh, I'm just, I really need to understand why you're here. And someone actually wrote something really interesting about that. They tweeted, when the anonymous black person enters the white space, others there immediately try to make sense of him or her to figure out who that is or to gain a sense of the nature of the person's business and whether they need to be concerned. And Elijah Anderson wrote that. Um, that's a quote from the um, Elijah Anderson from, I think, the book, The White Space. Um and that's ultimately what it is For you to be in a white space You need to explain yourself But white people can jump up In black people's spaces All of the time And it's like We're celebrating it Oh look This white person knows how to doggy This white girl knows how to whine I don't fucking care This white person knows how to cook roti Don't care Don't I honestly don't care I don't give a shit and so I'm sorry that the black men had to deal with that nonsense at Starbucks and the other casual ways that we're disrespected in this society as black people. It's tiring and it needs to stop. But, you know, that's one thing. I'm here sticking up for black men as per usual. But let's jump to the next subject of So You Mad, which is Maya Jama. So Maya Jama, Maya Jama wrote a tweet in 2012 where she said, or she, she was quoting a comedian and the comedian had said, dark skinned bitches shaving their head, expecting to look like Amber Rose when really they end up looking like Michael Jordan. And then she finished the quote and then she wrote, lol. She didn't even lol, she lolled. And that was 2000 and th uh, 2012 that she wrote that. I am so tired of women with light skin privilege or people like, oh, but she, I think they said, oh, she's Somali. She's part Somali or whatever. Oh, as if I haven't ever seen a Somali woman being anti-black. Wow. I'm not shocked. Anyway, um, but yeah, you know, she writes this and I'm, I'm just so tired of light skin women getting away with making dark-skinned black women the the punchline of their jokes and there be no kind of consequences to that i'm not saying consequences that they need to be flogged but honestly we had the same was it was it with sabrina claudio whatever the nonsense that she was saying about black women on twitter she said it from she created an entire account to slander black women and then now we see this tweet and that was from back then and then maya jama this one is from like black women are out here supporting you they're supporting your success yet we look back and you were chatting shit 
And then now black men want to turn around and be like, oh, you girls are just bitter and it's childish to bring up someone's tweets from 2012. That's hilarious because you still, you are the same motherfuckers that want to claim reparations from hundreds of years ago, but you're telling us not to bring up tweets, problematic tweets that happened in 2012. Oh, but she was 17, 18 them times. Why are you bringing it up? So because she's 17, 18, she doesn't have common sense. I'm not saying that I haven't said stupid things in the past. Heck, I still say stupid things now, but it's the fact that, it's part of a bigger malaise. This whole colorism thing is so casual to keep comparing dark-skinned black women to men. Serena Williams has to deal with it. So many dark-skinned black women have to deal with being compared to men, most especially when they shave their head as if automatically dark skin infers masculinity. And it's funny because you're the same prick that you're, you're the person that you're with is a dark skinned black man. And I know that you're with him for the very same reasons that you made in this tweet or you found this quote from this comedian funny because the darker you are the more masculine you're perceived to be so you want that masculinity that is apparently ascribed to him for his very very for his darkness that's of it must be what it is and in turn these dark-skinned men praise you and they mention you you guys in all of their songs like oh i want me a light-skinned thing i got me a light-skinned thing so you feel like you're elevated above other black women like you are special and i'm sorry to break it to you but you're not we are all divine as individuals but if you feel like your worth comes from being held above others because of the skin that you did not fucking choose then you need to go and find water get underneath the water and take a nap go to sleep under the water because you're a very very useless individual it just infuriates me that whenever it's black women dark skinned black women specifically that are being attacked on social media or just in the media at large people always find a way to try to justify it it's okay because rare 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 but if it were to happen to another community of people another group of people no you, everyone would have more to say but oh it's black it's a dark-skinned black woman so you know get over it she wrote the tweet in 2012 but other people got dragged for their tweets in 2012 i, I would be a fucking hypocrite if i was like oh she wrote in 2012 so that's okay but the, one of the main guys that i have a problem with on twitter he wrote if you like beating up women get yourself a dark skin ting because you can beat her and the bruises won't show he tweeted that so if i'm just gonna have a same the same problem with him i've got to keep that same energy and have the same problem with her because they're all part of the same thing dark skin black women are not the butt of your fucking jokes it's, it's it was never funny it will never be funny and people are like oh but in primary school, I used to say things to myself and my, my friends like blick this and blick that. Yeah, look at what you just said in primary school when you were like, what, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Why are you comparing that to adulthood? I said stupid shit about blackness when I was that age as well. But I grew the fuck up. Why haven't the rest of you grown the fuck up? Like Starbucks and Maya both deserve straws. But because I'm saving the straws for something more pertinent, that's why they haven't received it. But I can... I can give honorary straws. That's also possible. And I and I honestly believe the same way that I was very, very annoyed with Steph London and her fuckeries when she was saying things about um, dark-skinned black women. I'm still I'm annoyed about this, but I noticed that the energy that people are coming at that people are coming at Steph London with is very different to the energy that people are coming to Maya Jammer with. They're not giving it Maya Jammer the same energy because why? Because who she's linked to, because she's linked to Stormzy and Stormzy's been doing such great things. Nobody wants to offend Stormzy. And heck, I don't want to offend Stormzy, but I'm dealing with the person as an individual, not the man that they're linked to, because that would be me going against everything that I believe in terms of feminism. I'm not going to give 
your past because of the black man you have chosen to uh, to um you know to put yourself with and to align yourself with i'm dealing with you as the individual and the apology is what annoys me more because she now ap- apologized and the apology um, apologies as follows she wrote it on twitter and it bothers me that she's like 157 characters over the limit but you know she wanted to type it on twitter and then but you wouldn't be able to post the apology as a tweet you have to post it as a screenshot of you going over the word limit very weird anyway she wrote a tweet has been brought up from 2012 where i quote, quoted an insensitive joke that i saw a comedian say on my timeline it was a stupid joke that i shouldn't have made light of especially because it's offensive to a group of women who i know constantly deal with disrespect my genuine and sincerest apologies go out to not just to dark-skinned women, but to all women. I know this was completely wrong, whether it's a joke or not. It's not okay. So you know what's funny? Because Twitter actually highlights the point where she should have stopped the tweet because she was going over the word limit. And where she should have actually stopped the tweet is my genuine and sincerest apologies go out to... That's, that's where she should have stopped. Because up to there, she had a good apology. Up to there, I would have been like, you know what? Maya understands what she's done. Let it go. But for you to now write, my genuine and sincerest apologies go out to not just dark-skinned women, but to all women. Why the fuck are you apologizing to all women? You didn't mention all women. You mentioned specifically dark-skinned women. You know what? I'm going to go and get rid of all of the oranges in this world. I'm going to destroy every single orange as a fruit in this world. And then I'm going to come to all of you and say, guys, I'm so sorry um, for what I've done. I don't apologize to just oranges for destroying them. I apologize to all fruits. Why am I apologizing to all fruits? Because apples are still flourishing. Pears are still flourishing. So why am I apologizing to all the other fruit when it's only one fruit that I that I was denigrating? Yes, I've compared women to fruit, but I want to show the, the, how ludicrous it is. Why are you saying all women? Why are you all lives mattering the thing when it was it was very, very targeted? That abuse was very, very targeted towards dark-skinned black women. Oh, a comedian made the joke. Most probably a black man made the joke. And okay, so now you are perpetuating that same narrative by repeating the joke. You see where the problem lies? She, The apology was fine up until disrespect and then it went left so i don't feel like you understand what you've done by including all women you're now being cheeky you're now being extremely cheeky because it's not an all women issue and i really don't fucking understand white women who nobody was fucking chatting to you this is an issue between a a particular community a a woman of color to black women We're, we're having this conversation right then you jump in and you go oh maya don't worry i forgive you it's okay you forgive what? Go and forgive the lack of seasoning in your food. No one asked you for any sort of forgiveness. G- g- fuck off. Fuck off. Because no one, literally no one was talking to you. It's not your issue to forgive anything. And I feel like the guilt that's held, um, that's weaponized against dark-skinned black women, like, oh, if you don't forgive her, then you're just, you're just vicious. And like, you guys just want to ruin her career. You guys just want to ruin her career because you're jealous of her because she's successful and she's beautiful. I am happy for her that she's successful and she's beautiful. I'm so glad that the universe has blessed her in such a way. These tweets have probably been brought up to show her that you need to address your shadow self. Those things that you said before, are you working on them? Are you still the same person? You need to address those things. 
These are the reasons that things like this come forward. I have no desire to go and write to the companies that she's affiliated with to be like, you need to get rid of her because she said this. No, because I don't believe in putting out negativity in the into the universe because you're only going to get it back on yourself. But I do believe in addressing what she said because it's not just her. Light-skinned women are out here doing this regularly. White women are out here doing this regularly. And dark-skinned black women, black women collectively are fucking tired of it. Stop it. So that's that. Let's move on then to straw of the week, aka suck your mum. Um, suck your mum this week, straw of the week goes out to the home office, specifically, not Amber Rudd really, but specifically to Theresa May. Theresa May continues to be the, the thorn in the side of this society. Theresa May basically continues to be a pussyclaw, and I don't understand why she refuses to change her ways. I'm talking specifically about what is happening to um, the older generation, the Windrush generation, because we found out that um, people of Caribbean heritage are being deported or denied um, health care um, or pensions and things like that um, because they can't prove that they are British. They arrived prior to 1976 and because they can't prove that they're British, they're being denied things and they're being deported, even though they have paid tax and they've lived here pretty much all of their lives. Um, some of them were born here. They that doesn't that matter, apparently. They, they're being deported and they're being deported on the hush-hush because Theresa May and her pussy clout self decided to remove a clause very quietly that allowed for them to be seen as citizens of this country. And I just think that, fuck you, Britain. Fuck you, Britain. And fuck you, Theresa May, for doing things like this to people who have served this country diligently. They've given everything to this country. They left beautiful weather. They left beautiful weather and beautifully seasoned food to come here and to help you guys only to meet no Irish, no blacks, no dogs at the front of bed and breakfast and things like that. You guys got batted up in World War II. You got batted up on a mad vibe. You wanted to restructure. You wanted to rebuild. So America, Canada, Britain, you asked for um, people from the Caribbean to come and help you rebuild your countries. You asked for that. Oh yeah, cheap transportation, come and help us. Only for them to arrive and there's barely any um, accommodation for them to live in. They can't join trade unions. Trade unions don't want to take them on. So when they're being very, very disrespected in the workforce, nobody cares. Um, they're not even allowed in some dance halls. They're not allowed in restaurants. You're ostracizing them while asking them for help. Do you see how wild that is? That, do you see how incredibly wild that is? And then again, on the hush-hush, they they destroyed the landing papers of the people that would have needed that as the sole proof of them actually being invited to this country. So now they can't prove that they're actually from here but, and that you invited them. It angers me because... The government will do things like, oh, there's Windrush Square, you know, to celebrate the contributions that Caribbean people have made to this um, community, to this society. But then in the same breath, you're deporting people on the sly. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. And I'm tired of Theresa May being so racist and just being so xenophobic and people not seeing it. The policies that she implemented while she was um, 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 Home Office Secretary are still in play. They're still at play and 
they are to the detriment of black people and other marginalized commu- um, communities. And I'm not with it. I stand by the fact that Theresa May is a pussy club and she needs to take a straw and find her mother wherever she is. If she can't find her mother, she could find another per- person's mother. I don't care. She could find a queen mother. She needs to suck somebody's pussy because she is incredibly, incredibly disrespectful. So the fact that people came here, left their own homes and what they know and what they knew to come and help you rebuild and they and they built a life for themselves here. Subjected, subjected to the attacks. They were attacked by white people all throughout London, all throughout England. Um Notting Hill that's why we have Notting Hill Carnival because of the of of the riots and the violence that was inflicted upon Caribbean people just for having the wherewithal to be like yes let me come over here and come and help you and you like to like post these pictures everywhere of people getting off um the 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 ship Windrush and be like this was the beginning of a multicultural Britain when really was it really because as Sam Self and um, Sevlon told us in Lonely Londoners you you weren't you weren't welcoming you weren't welcoming you weren't very welcoming to people at all so i'm just disgusted i'm just basically very very disgusted at theresa may's behavior and the fact that the government have been doing this on the sly and that they felt it's okay and big up you whistleblowers that have been working in this these departments and and you've been like no they told us to destroy the landing papers they told us to do that so that's what we did i appreciate you guys keep telling on them keep telling on them because we need to know the truth and i'm not going to take theresa may's half truths they're bullshit so that's also linked to my next suck your mum straw of the week, which goes out to the entire, the entire institution that is known as this country for the treatment of the Stephen Lawrence family. You know, Doreen Lawrence came forward and she was just like, let's just, let's just leave it. You know, like, let's just leave it now. We're spending loads and loads of money on these inquiries and stuff. And still men who killed my son are walking free. Yet yearly, you're giving £157,000 to find Madeline McCann, still searching for this one girl. And we know who got rid of her. We know who did. <laughs> her parents. But, um, you know, you're still giving money to fund these causes, but... Stephen Lawrence, we know who murdered him. We know all of the men who murdered him. We know all of them. Yet some of them are still roaming, roaming comfortably. That, that is wild. And so there's a documentary that's come out and I think it's a few parts um, about Stephen, the Stephen Lawrence inquiry and how it was dealt with and things like that. And you have a lot of policemen online going, oh, this is so anti-police. This is anti-police propaganda. But how is it? How is it? propaganda when you took, went out of your way to vilify a family when you should have been helping them to find the killers and, and to bring the, the, the killers of their son to justice you didn't do that instead you even took time to vilify his friend who was with him you took time to vilify him for running for running when five men with machetes are there you're vilifying him for running for his own life and possibly going to go and seek help because they're stabbing his friend then he's walking, he, um, Stephen's walking, he's, um, or he's crawling and he's bleeding, he's wounded and people didn't want to stop and help him. And this again goes back to how people criminalise black skin and they criminalise black men that nobody, when they saw him, fought to help him. We all know that places like Bermondsey, where I now live, Eltham, all of these places are notoriously racist and they have been. It's been 25 years since Stephen Lawrence was killed by these men and yet we're still doing inquiry after inquiry like we don't know the motherfuckers who did, who did it. 
the police were informed that this had happened. They took, what, over 24 hours to go and search the homes of the men that they were... People called and were like, yeah, it's these guys. And they took their time to go and search their homes. It's... One of the guys actually referred to Doreen Lawrence as um, he said, oh, um, Doreen never smiled in the interviews. Uh, yeah, that was like her gimmick. Her gimmick because she's an act. She's an entertainment act. Her fucking son was killed. Like her son was fucking killed. What do you expect her to be skinning tea and doing cartwheels? Like her son was killed and effectively you guys killed her because you're doing nothing to bring those criminals to justice. So... I just knew that I wasn't emotionally equipped yet to watch that, um, to watch that documentary because I know that I would be so incensed and I would be so depressed and so sad for the amount of work that Doreen Lawrence and Neville Lawrence have put in to, to bring, to find some justice for their son after all of these years. Like, it's really, really, truly sad. So they, Doreen Lawrence is my other share your magnificence like uh, uh she is an em the embodiment of strength and patience and just resilience and i don't often like to give those things as accolades to black women because i don't want us to feel like that's all we are like we're just meant to endure all of these horrendous hardships and that that you know that makes us martyrs somehow no but honestly she has been the picture of grace throughout these 25 years and i just salute you and I'm so sorry for all that you have gone through and I just think that this country failed you miserably failed us miserably continues to fail us clearly when we see what's happening to the older generation of Caribbean people that came here to help this fucking country only to find that later on you man are killing their children and not doing anything to 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 to, to fix it you know, I like the fact that Doreen said that, that he was, they didn't bury Stephen Lawrence here. They buried him at home. They took him back home and buried him there because Britain didn't deserve him. Britain doesn't deserve a lot of us. Most of us, I'd even venture to say, where they don't deserve, deserve us. Yet here we are being excellent, giving all of ourselves. And it's tiring. It's truly tiring. So Britain as a construct, as, as, as this construct of racism and institutionalized racism, um, everyone can go and suck their mums this week. There, there's a, an abundance of straws. And this is what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, that there's an abundance of straws to go around because it's rife. The racism, the anti-blackness is rife and we are tired of it. We are tired of it, but we will not be stopped by it because we are excellent and we will continue to strive for greater, greater heights. And something will be done in some way that will never bring Stephen Lawrence back. It will never fix what, you know, the, the hardships that the older Caribbean generation had to face when they came to come and help this fucking country. But we're going to do stuff to make you lot proud. I, I promise that. And that is the end of the podcast for this week. So send your letters, please, to sym at kalechiokafor.com or um, follow me on at so you, uh, Say Your Mind Pod or at Kalechnikov. And that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for listening. Keep your genitalia lubricated and remember to drink plenty and plenty of water in this heat. Love you all. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy yo Hard time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Could let you find it
And she's one of a kind, don't say you're mine, say you're mine 